And I realize I never said much about this, and I hope you'll tell to the other people. That is a brilliant idea which one of our teachers has had, and I verified it, and it's amazing. And then I upgraded it with some of my own personal advice, by which we organized for the first time in the history of Agama, we organized this year the Yoga of the Purpose, which is exactly that. It is a workshop which will teach you to take a purpose, any purpose, preferably moral and ethical, like I guess you are not going to take as purpose, may, may all my enemies die, you know, that's my purpose. No? So hopefully it's going to be reasonably moral and ethical. And then, how do you practice yoga generally? Can you do an intense practice of eight days to promote pretty much any purpose? And we're not talking about reaching enlightenment. That purpose is the top of the pyramid, is central in yoga. It's omnipresent. Let's say you are having 120 other purposes, which some of them you would even be ashamed to tell to your friends that you have that purpose. Let's say you have some purpose. And some purposes are very clear. Like you can say, I want to do yoga to increase my digestive fire, because my digestive fire is really lousy. That you don't need me to teach you the yoga of purpose, because it so happens that that is very clear appearing in yoga. But if I'm giving you as purpose, thrive socially, thrive financially, show me eight days of practice for thriving financially, or show me eight days of practice for thriving socially. Most people, even pupils who did 20 levels of Agama, they, will be, they would be at a loss. They would not know what to do, where to start from because they are even ashamed to admit that they might have such purposes. And they never really thought about, how do you do that? Because it sounds like you are almost prostituting yoga. It's like we are hijacking this great holy thing called yoga for thriving socially. You know what? If any one of you would thrive socially instead of George W. Bush, that would be a great benefit to humanity. Actually, sometimes a spiritual sattvic person thriving socially might be the salvation of the world. Therefore, you cannot take it a priori that such purposes such as thriving socially... Any one of you thrives financially, please don't forget to throw about $50 million in my direction also, because we would like to buy a butt-naked island in Greece or in the Pacific Ocean to make a yoga republic that should stun the world. You know, it's like... Of course we can do it. Of course we can use everything. Not everything is automatically... Okay, somebody who tries to thrive financially is automatically a greedy person that fell off the path and lost their compass and they don't know what they are talking anymore and they are lost. They have fallen off the path. Not really. Not necessary. <clears throat> and that is why I was very happy when one of the teachers in our school had this creativity that created being out in the Western world, was pushed by people, you know, stop giving us things which are only exclusively holy like this, and give us some meat, give us something which works in the daily life, because we are daily people, and not all of us want to reach nirvana, you know. We want to reach 
mundane goals, you know, do you have some yoga which reaches mundane goals besides the fact that you can stop having intestinal flatulence by doing Shankaprakshalana or Pavana Muktasana? And, like there are a few things which are very clear. There are so many things which have never been highlighted or outlined where that's what's happening and I want you to transmit it to others because so many were not here. I want almost all my teachers, all the other teachers in the school to go and participate in this workshop because it is a stroke of genius that, you know, adapting yoga to the needs of the world, to what needs to be done and so on. Some people have heard that we want, no, we notice this, some people like acrobatic yoga, dynamic yoga, intense yoga, more than Agama. I personally think that Agama yoga is one of the best kinds of yoga that you can do in this world, and it goes so deep and so far, and it's perfect. But there are people who don't think like me, and they also don't have my kind of belly, right? And therefore, there are people who think in a different way and feel in a different way, and those people want to do yoga in much more acrobatic way. And they like Ashtanga, they like power, they like this. But why then should we separate and say that people that do this kind of yoga should necessarily be stupid and unspiritual? You know, like, because that's the, what they do. People say, yeah, you are doing gym yoga. And people who do gym yoga, in the, in, at 5 p.m. they do gym yoga with you. And at 8 o'clock they are in some disco snorting cocaine or designer drugs. No, these are fitness uh, yuppies, you know, who do a bit of yoga. But their brain is mush, you know. Why shouldn't we be able to cater to the needs of people that do something more gymnastic, more dynamic, but at the same time giving them also a chance to grip the spiritual part, the metaphysical part, because some of them would be interested. Robin Sharma started teaching spirituality for people from the high-level management of corporate world, and he was surprised. The CEOs of big companies, they also have a soul. They are human beings. They have a Kundalini and an Atman. And guess what? Some of them even would like to reach spiritual states of consciousness, although they are so very busy with their corporate world and with their highly paid jobs. Therefore, nobody is a priori automatically lost forever. And that's why uh, all these things, you know, Shakti Festival, Yoga of Purpose, Ashtanga Yoga and others incorporated with Agama, like let Agama come with a metaphysical part and explain. When you do yoga this way, if you stop after 30 minutes and you are panting, what do you feel now after you have done such intent? You feel Manipura, right? So it's a yoga which is for Manipura, which doesn't make it bad or stupid or incomplete. It's a yoga which activates, but at least you should know that it's for what it's good and what it does. You should not do it brainlessly, like, okay, I'm doing some yoga, but there is nothing to it. No. That's why we try to integrate so many things. No, We try, we have a project of integrating the traditional Thai massage and bringing back into it the nadis and the meridians and the circulation of energy, because the Thais themselves forgot it. And today the Thai massage is being practiced like a tendinomuscular thing. But it was not. Both the Indian version and the Chinese version 
they are talking about the energy. So somewhere in the middle something was lost. It's a pity Thai massage is becoming so famous, and if it would be with energy, it would be ten times more efficient and more famous. So, of course, in Agama, we want that people that do a lot of yoga together with the Thai massage, they can bring this revival to the Thai massage. We owe this to Thailand. Thailand is giving us a cradle for us to be here and to practice yoga. It is a debt of spirit that we should also in our lives give something to this country and to these people. No? So in this way, Agama has many projects which are of a tantric, some people who don't, of a tantric character. And people who don't understand, they say, why do you want to make a Shakti fest? Why do you want to make a yoga of purpose for thriving or what? Why do you want to make Vashtanga? You know, isn't it, is it Agama enough for you? Uh, it's like, you are like wanting to conquer the whole world. Yes. Of course, I want that yoga and spirituality should conquer the whole world. And why would you want to put yourself into Thai massage? You know, like, because you can improve. The things which we have in Agama Yoga are so powerful, so effective. The knowledge is so amazing that it benefits masculinity and femininity and the gender situation in the world. It benefits fulfilling of projects. It benefits uh, even the gymnastical forms in yoga. It benefits, it can benefit Thai massage. There are so many places where we can exert our beneficence through the knowledge that we got to have. And that's why I, I wanted to make this lecture about the tantric spirit, about the nature of the tantric practice, because many people would like to see us boxed in a box. Like, you guys, you should do this and mind your business and that's it. No? And as soon as we get out of the box, people feel like, oh, you know, we are trespassing. Oh, now you are imperialistically expanding, you know, and so on. Of course, everything is thriving and progressing and growing, and this is a gift from the divine consciousness, which is expanding, expanding, expanding. The Shiva consciousness is in a constant <coughs> presence. It's in a constant blossoming, and that's the very nature of spirituality. When the consciousness blossoms, the spirituality is revealed. These were ideas which I felt I wanted to share with you and with the rest of the school, so I hope they will be posted, clarifying some uh, things, because they show exactly the way in which a tantric school is unfolding its spirituality, and it shows that the things which we do are motivated by the highest spiritual reasons corresponding entirely to the momentum of the spirituality as we see it and feel it here in the school.